This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Insights in Accounting. Sponsored by Iris. Martin, one of your bugbears is accountants that don't keep in touch with their clients. So uh, just unpack this a little bit for us. Why is it important? Well, I, I was given a, I've got a lovely story for our listeners this week, Rob, because I was told a cracking story about a meeting that took place within a fairly sizable accounting firm, seven-figure accounting firm. And they had a sort of a meeting of the, I was going to say the senior leadership, but it was the senior managers and partners. And they sat down and the um, consultant who was with them, not me, I hasten to add, the consultant goes up to the board and draws a, a double axis chart. Okay. In the vertical, so I think, or table, on the vertical... Like a graph then, just to comment, given that I'm a former high school math teacher, a graph with an X and a Y axis. Yeah, well, no, we'll call it more of a table. More of a table. Okay. And down the vertical, at the left-hand side, the people in the room were asked to name what they would regard as being good clients for the firm. Grade A's, grade B's. And so the names of the fir- of the, of the clients' businesses were, were highlighted. And then across the top, um, the horizontal axis, a consultant wrote so weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, never across the top. And then drew these lines down into these sort of columns. And the team were asked to indicate, based on which client they were referring to, whether they touched base with that client weekly, monthly, annually, quarterly, or never. I can see what you're doing here. Yeah. Uh, but I stress it wasn't me. And at the end the results showed that well over 80% of the firm's clients, A's and B grades, were talked to never. Oh, my goodness. And this caused the managing partner to panic and said, this can't be right. This can't be true. There must be some mistake. And they had always assumed that in the midst of the busy day, that's what the client managers were busy doing, talking to their clients and hadn't hadn't factored in all the one-off jobs that they were giving them to do, all of the sort of days off here and the outings there and the meetings and the training session here and there. And once you actually do the client work, there was no time to actually talk about the clients. So when you looked at the website for this firm, you read all about this proactive partner-led service, <laughs> bringing added value to the basic compliance engagement and taking your business on to the next stage. Of That's what you see from the outside. On the inside, you saw a firm who spoke to 80% or more of their A and B grade clients, never. That's shocking. Given the amount of churn and how client retention is such an important part of growth, you can't grow an accounting firm unless you've got a firm foundation to build it on. Otherwise, you're building it on sand. Well, this is the point. What do we get? We get our prices are too low. I can't. I find it hard to get clients to leave their existing accountants. We lost a big client. We can't replace them. Um, and recruitment stuff. Well, yeah, guess why? Because you're not in touch with the clients. You're not in touch with your client managers. You have no idea what's going on in your practice, but guess what? You got recurring fees, so you thought it was all going well. And this is the thing. And again, this is a seven-figure plus practice. This is not a small practice. So it's not just 
an affliction of low firms who can say, we've got no resource, we can't possibly get around to it. Oh, there's resource, all right, but there isn't desire. So what I would ask in this particular um, installment is for everybody listening to this who's in practice to carry out that exact same um, exercise and be honest with themselves. And you know, if you're if you're listening to this as a sole practitioner, and it's just you. Then how often do you talk to your client when you're not chasing a VAT receipt, you know, or a tax invoice, or whatever it happens to be? If you are a two to three person uh, firm, you've got one person handling client calls or or answering the phone for you. How often are they able to reach out to clients? Uh, I was in a practice last week where I had the pleasure of learning all about the complete opposite, an entire client care program and how it's rolled out, which was the complete antithesis of what we've just been talking about. But for most of us, unfortunately, Rob, we fall into this, this first category of speaking to our clients pretty much every year on the 12th of Nev. And as a result, we don't know what's going on in the business. We don't know what opportunities exist. We don't know where our price increases can come from. And our client managers aren't developing in their commercial understanding. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you a question and I'll ask it to myself and I'll answer it first. But in terms of best practice, how often should accountants be contacting the client? And one of my answers to this question is how often do your clients want to be contacted? So accountants talking to the clients and having that conversation of, listen, now that we're working together or we're just recalibrating the way we work with our clients, uh, particularly our great clients like you, and some of our clients like to be contacted fairly regularly. For some, we do daily bookkeeping. For some, we catch up with them once a month, once a week, once every quarter, in terms of how often you want contact from us, what sounds about right to you? So you're putting that in the hands of, and if they say, well, I don't know what's normal. Oh, well, what would you contact me every month about? That strikes up a conversation, doesn't it? About how a trusted advisor might help their clients on a monthly or even weekly basis, if that's warranted. And of course, that then needs pricing for. So I'll put that question to you. What does best practice look like? Whenever you ask a consultant a question, their answer is, it depends. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then they explain all the nuances uh, around the question. But I can give you a definitive on here. Over the piece, bear in mind we're talking about A, B, C, and D grade clients. Some people who don't pay for the privilege of being spoken to, quite frankly, and some which you should be very, very close to and much closer than you actually are to then you take the average of that range once every six months is about right. And that's not to say that you must automatically now think, well, Bissett said we have to talk to our clients every six months and never vary from that because you've just been given the magic bullet solution. No, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm saying on average every six months, meaning there are some clients you'll only talk to annually and there's some clients you'll talk to far more than annually, but it will average out to about every six months across the practice. And if you are touching base with your clients on a proactive basis, twice a year to find out how things are going for them, you'll find not only your retention go from about 95% to about 100%, but the opportunities for extra work that don't require extra recruitment are off the scale. Yeah, I love that, Martin. And just to finish off, just define terms for us like touching base or talking to a client because that outreach can look different things to different people. It can indeed. This seems to be the, the easiest thing to explain and the hardest thing to grasp. So whether you've got a client manager making your calls, whether it's you that makes the calls to the clients, here's what you're doing. I'm not being flippant. I'm being deadly serious. You pick up a phone, you phone them, you say, hi, they say, hi, you say, how are you doing? And then you shut up and listen. <laughs> that really, and I, and I mean this, I mean this, you don't call with an agenda. If they say, am I paying for this? The answer is no. Why are you calling? You don't normally call something wrong. No, I'm genuinely interested in how things are going on. And if you've had a prior call sometime previously, you can follow up and say, what ended up happening with the purchase of the premises? I didn't hear anything since then. What ended up happening with that new protege that you were bringing through the business? Did they 
You know, what happened with that award submission that you put in? And catch up on the news. Simple as that, because in that conversation, you will hear them say, if only we had some help with. Do you ever get involved in uh, and other buying signals? And that will allow you to explore that opportunity and come up with a sentence like, would you like some support on that? Would you like me to put some thoughts down on paper on that? How fast do you need that done? And so on. And the opportunities will present themselves. It literally is as easy as a client a day, cuddle a day, calling a client, asking them how they're doing and shutting up and listening to their answer. The beauty of that too, Martin, is calling people up like that. We know that people switch accountants for a number of reasons, but the three biggest reasons are a price issue, a service issue, or a relationship, or neglect. I should say, issue. And if you're not intimate with clients, and how much more important is it these days where accountants are not just trusted financial and wealth advisors and accounting advisors, but they are coaches, consultants, therapists, counselors, friends, shoulders to cry on that speak as much into the personal side of how a person is doing as they do the business side. Yep, absolutely. And again, it's been a while since I've told this story. So anybody who's joined the podcast in within the last year won't have heard me tell this story. Anybody who has, I apologize, it's a repeat. But there is still to this day, one of my own consulting clients who gave me their client list to take a look at as we started to work out where the opportunities were. And there was this list of about 20 odd businesses with a code next to them, L-O-C. And I said, ah, this L-O-C, this is what? And the partner said, this is the clients we've lost. I went, got it, L-O-C. So yeah, loss of clients, got it. It went, no, Martin, lack of cuddling. And that remains, I think, a, a sort of like a, a an ensign or an avatar to the, to the profession that why do you lose a client? Because they were cheaper? Well, maybe because the other firm were cheaper. But if they were really happy with you, would they have changed for 500 quid? Were they that, were they that broke? Were they that short of money that 500 quid saving a year? meant something to them or was the relationship broken and i think you find when you deep dive as to why a client leaves the relationship's broken far more often than the price is broken so martin let's wrap this up what really works for keeping in touch frequently with clients for accountants knowing the reality and not believing the lies on the website number one having a known method doesn't have to be super technical but a known method a practice wide accepted way of getting in touch with the clients regularly and having a mechanism simply that says i spoke to dave he said this what would you like me to do if it's not the partners who are making the calls? Brilliant. That's best practice in accounting. Thank you, Martin, for those great insights. And thank you, you wonderful audience, for listening. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Insights in Accounting. Giving you the edge, the latest news, analysis and recommendations in the accounting and fintech world. Sponsored by Iris. Mm -hmm.